Wherever we go in life, we go head first. I've been blessed to get this far by standing on the teachings and advice given to me by many kind people. And now it's my turn. Welcome to All the Wiser with William Boyd. Family, family, welcome back. My name is Will. I am so thankful for you joining me. Now listen here. This ain't part one. This is part two. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, you know what to do. You need to go back, rewind, or not rewind, I guess like it's not 1996. You don't use tapes and Walkmans anymore. But go back to the previous episode and listen to that for context. Because what we're going to do is pick up from where we left off regarding the belief cycle. And just as a refresher, the belief cycle is uh, constructed of four parts and it's very uh, influential and impactful in the way in which we live our lives, the way in which we frame the world and the way in which we conduct ourselves. So it's four parts and the first part is your belief system. The second part is your emotional state. The third part is packaged together with your thoughts and behaviors. And the fourth are the results that you bear from your behaviors. And oftentimes your results, the results you bear, feed back into your belief system and inform a whole new belief system or um, update or allow you to adapt the belief systems you already have in life. So why are we talking about this? I want to get to that a little bit later, but I want to start as promised in the last episode with a personal example, just to give you an illustration that may help you understand how this plays out in real life. So I'm going to start with me and you may, by the time I finish this, you may see the irony in me sharing this just because, you know, I don't often share the deeper parts of my emotional state. And so being vulnerable and conveying these things is cathartic, but I'm hoping also very useful for you. Uh, but so let's let's get started here. Giving you guys an example, let's start with a belief system that I had recently noticed I had been carrying around for many years. So for a while, I believed that no one genuinely cared about my feelings. Another way of saying that is don't nobody care about me like me. For a long time, I walked around with that belief system and it wasn't until really recently I sat down and began to evaluate how that may have been constructed. And I think it came from a belief system or, or it, I should say it came from a series of maybe observations and experiences I had as a youth, as a child um, growing up. In a smaller family, it was my mother, my sister, and I. Uh, being the youngest, the baby of the family, I think sometimes people kind of feel like the baby is kind of whiny, is kind of crying or whining or complaining about things that really aren't that bad, and you know they'll just get over it, right? Unfortunately. I think even from a young age, I internalized some of those experiences in a way in which I began to believe that although I was 
genuinely communicating something that may have been saddening me or hurting me, and we'll get to emotional state in a moment, I felt like it at times those things were ignored and not given the proper attention that they should. Now, obviously, when you're a little kid, you don't have the language or the vernacular to articulate that. But as an adult, as a big person rather than a little person, I, in hindsight, can give language to some of those feelings. And so I adopted this belief system that no one genuinely cared about me. If the people who are closest to me in proximity and theoretically, uh, emotionally, don't take my cries for help seriously, then I guess no one will. And so that's a belief system that over time just kind of grew and developed and and became more and more prominent in life. As time progressed, that belief system produced an emotional state that sustained through various times and seasons of my life from younger age to adolescence to young adulthood, even till now, it's something I wrestle with and deal with. I can tell you the emotions that are produced from a belief system like that are usually a lot of loneliness, um, anger, right? You begin recognizing how angry that makes you and you want to point that anger towards certain people and unaddressed anger produces resentment. And then eventually your perception of all people gets distorted and gets tainted. I kind of walked or walked into this way of this like standoffish, distant way of uh, engaging with people to where I could be cordial with you. We can laugh. We could hang out. But I'll never let you into the inner tunnels or inner chambers of my heart, because deep down, I just think no one genuinely cares about my feelings. Now, being lonely and angry and then kind of adopting this standoffish type of emotional state. Uh, and, and you could kind of argue maybe being standoffish is some of, of a behavioral pattern as well. But, you know, I, I would agree with that. Uh, you start producing thoughts, right? So you start thinking whenever I have problems, I got to handle me for me. I got to take care of me. And you establish this exaggerated need to rely on self rather than pressing further into the God design interdependence that people must be able to rely on to thrive and survive in the world. We cannot live a life without people. We cannot live a life devoid of the risk associated with trusting other people. And that became one of the biggest challenges. I stopped trusting People, even people I spent a lot of time with, people I was in close proximity to, because I just did not believe that anyone genuinely cared about my feelings. And as a result, that thought, that mindset of I can't trust people and I can only rely on myself produce this um, series of habits or behaviorals, behavioral patterns in which I didn't ask for help when I needed it. Um, I didn't reach out for counsel or wisdom from people who demonstrated that they had wisdom to share. Um, I would at times be in a position to have mentors or teachers, and I would not take advantage of 
the counsel and the knowledge that they had to offer because I just didn't trust. I didn't know how to get more comfortable asking for help. And in addition to not asking for help and not seeking counsel, I also began not admitting that I was in need of encouragement, that I was in need of intimate relationship. And so that affected friendships and that affected dating or lack thereof sometimes. And so this belief system that no one genuinely cared about me morphed into growing comfortable with the, this a lonely, angry, resentful, emotional state. And that emotional state produced uh, this isolationist uh, thought process and this need to constantly rely on self. And then as a result, my behavioral patterns followed suit and I wouldn't ask for help and I wouldn't admit when I was struggling that I needed help or I needed encouragement or I needed support. And I would make poor decisions that I had to learn from when I could have avoided the pain and the discomfort of the mistake if I had simply been in a more emotionally healthy state that allowed me to pursue the help that I needed. Now, the result of all of this is poor decision making. Um, I think in certain areas, certain times of my life, especially in my early adulthood, some of my skills and abilities did not get developed as quickly as they should because I was so busy trying to learn everything the hard way. I, I was too emotionally unhealthy to accept the help that people were going to or trying to extend to me. So as a result, sometimes I was just banging my head against the wall until I figured it out. Sometimes I had great people in my life God blessed me with great relationships, with divine interactions, and I couldn't make the best of them because my heart was not completely open. So as a result, great people don't stick around for relationships that aren't healthy and relationships that don't appear to present reciprocal vulnerability. And we'll talk maybe more about that at another time, the law of reciprocity and how important that is in building strong, rooted relationships. But that was a struggle for me because I would not, I was, I was not quick to be vulnerable with anyone. And I built these walls around my heart that kept my thoughts in and my, my thoughts about myself, whether they were true or false. And it, the same walls kept out the love that people were trying to express toward me, the love that I was supposed to receive. So these walls were built around my heart. And as a result, these negative belief systems couldn't escape. And new information, new experiences and new exposures of love and positivity could not pierce in. And therefore, it was a self-perpetuating dark kind of a cycle. And I wanted to share that illustration because it is true and it is personal to me and it's something I'm still working through and uh, kind of cathartic in a way just to let it all out but some of you may relate to that uh, having a belief system like that that produces negative emotions and negative thoughts and spawns negative behavioral patterns and you may be reaping the results 
not for better, but for worse, reaping the results of these belief systems, your emotional state, your thoughts and your behaviors. And you now recognize something's got to change. I have to get rid of this. I got to I got to switch something up here. And you're trying to start with the results, but you need to start with the belief system. That's the whole reason I've invested two episodes into this, because I want my listeners to understand that if you identify fruit in your life that's poisonous, it's not enough to cut off the the vine. You got to go to the root of the tree and your belief system is the root of that tree. It's not easy. It takes work. And like chopping down a tree, it takes swing after swing after swing. And you may want to put the axe down and take a break. And come back to it and swing, swing, swing. And if you're uh, even more shrewd about it, you may get a chainsaw and go at it that way. I really hope this is helpful for you guys. Just as a final suggestion, I want to take that tree chopping illustration one step further and let you know that the, the effort to chop down a big tree with an axe is doable. But it's incredibly time consuming and incredibly energy consuming. That is equivalent to doing it yourself. Can you reverse and reset some negative belief systems in your life by yourself? It's doable. It's possible, right? It takes discipline and persistence and willpower. It can be done over time. But I want you guys to know that there are other ways to address it, right? You can you can draw help from professional counselors, from Uh, therapists, from pastors, from emotionally safe friends and families. You can pull all of them into this process with you. They are your chainsaws. They're your tools that can make a process that would be incredibly difficult and energy consuming and time consuming a lot more efficient. Because when you have the right people in your corner, they can help you see what you cannot see and they can introduce you to parts of you you haven't met yet. I hope this has been helpful for you guys. This is part two. If you are jumping in here and this illustration has been interesting, but you're really not sure why I'm sharing my personal story and you don't really have the context to understand what I'm talking about, please go back to episode one of the belief cycle and dive back into that. This content is designed and crafted to help bring change um, or bring knowledge and information and change because you will have a very difficult time bringing positive change into your life without accurate information. And these principles, these tenets, and even my personal story are all for your teaching, are all for your education. And hope you receive it as such. Again, I am Will. I'm signing out. Till next time, y'all. Peace. Is this content planting seeds of wisdom in your life? Is this challenging you to examine the lens through which you view the world? Well, come on, y'all. If it's good to you, be good to someone else and share this content. This is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other platforms online. So we encourage you all to spread the word, sow the seeds far and wide. 
we at All The Wiser want to be as helpful as possible to many, many other hungry folks much like yourself. Spread the word. We appreciate you. Much love.